This is Rowena from Pretty Creative, and my drink of choice is an ice-cold white wine. I'm Gemma from Contently Driven, and my drink of choice is red wine. And I'm Michaela from Inspired Office, and my drink of choice is a sparkling white wine. Work-life wine time supports the responsible consumption of alcohol. (laughs) (laughs) Work-life wine time supports the responsible drinking of alcohol. Because when you've nailed your email marketing strategy and automation process, you'll find you'll have more time to get back to the things you love, like having one extra bevy because you totally can. Okay, so um, Mick, please tell us um, a little bit more about what, what you do. Okay, well, I am a tech guru, automation queen, productivity consultant, and strengths coach. So I do quite mm. a bit, but basically, <laughs> basically what my jam is, is helping um, female entrepreneurs and their businesses thrive online. So it's helping you set up the tech that you need to run your business online, the automations um, that you need to keep your business running and to give you back some more time and space to spend on the other important things in your life, like family or hobbies, that sort of thing. Um, The productivity side of things is, again, helping you work more efficiently in your business uh, to give you more time and space. And the strengths coaching is a new, what is it, arrow that I've added to my bow or something like that? Um, And Yes. Is that the the right terminology? Anyway. um, (laughs) Is that right? That's about right. Okay. It's just a new thing that I've added. And basically um, it's looking at the talents. So the things that people naturally do well and looking at ways to build those talents into strengths and then leverage them in your business and your life. So essentially you end up doing what you do really well every day um, and making the most of that. So using that to help grow your business and just live life better okay that that sounds amazing and I imagine that's something you've you've obviously done for yourself yes I have (laughs) I am it's actually based on this um thing called the Clifton Strengths Assessment it used to be called Mm -hmm. Strengths Finder and Mm -hmm. I did it um a colleague I was working with years ago now um handed me it used to come in a little book and you'd have a code you'd read about all the different themes of um, talent in this book. And then there was a code at the back to do an online assessment. And so I kind of did that and got my results and went, Oh wow, this is really awesome. And then put it in a drawer for the next eight years until that same friend did the coaching course and offered me a free coaching session. And so I still had the sheet of paper. So I pulled it out and we did the coaching session on it and it was absolutely life-changing. Like mm-hmm. following that session, um, I quit my job in government and made all these changes to my business and life. And like now it, it just, it really has changed the way I do things and the way I work. And it's just made such a difference. That's absolutely amazing. I, I think we should hear more about that. Um, yes. We'll do another the episode front. on that one. <laughs> That's fantastic. So um, tell us about your, your past working life then. Okay. Well, I, 
I started off working in a video store, like, you know, that's how old I am. Um, <laughs> back when there were actually videos in video stores, not DVDs. Um, and you had VHS and beta, like, you know, really nice. back now. Yeah. So that was sort of my job at school. And then over the years, I've sort of worked as um, dance and drama teacher. Um, mm. I was massage therapist for a while. I actually was studying to become a naturopath, but life had other ideas for me. So I kind of, I finished my diploma of remedial massage and did that for a few years. And then strangely enough, because that's how life works for me, I ended up in a job in a political office um, and spent a few years or I was in the office for five years and I spent three years working as a chief of staff um, wow. across like three offices in Canberra, Wagga and Griffith. Um, Wagga's where I'm from originally. Uh, and then I moved to Tasmania and got a job in the Tasmanian Department of Health. And I've kind of kicked around there for the last, I don't know, 10 or 12 years doing various project and sort of admin type roles. Um, I worked in e-learning development for a while, uh, managed um, registrar education for um, radiation oncologists. Um, like I've just done a bit of everything, but now I work one day a week as an e-learning and development manager for Space Makers, which is a productivity consultancy in Hobart. And the rest of the time I run Inspired Office. That's, that's amazing. That's quite, <laughs> quite a lot there in, yes. in your past working life. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Well, so tell us now then, who, who do you work with in Inspired Office? Um, I work mainly with female entrepreneurs, um, women who have reached kind of the limit of what they can do the way they currently work and they want to grow their business and take it to the next level um, and they just appreciate that they can't do it under the current circumstances so they need to streamline their systems and work smarter um, and more mindfully and deliberately. I love that and a bunch of levelling up female entrepreneurs. Wonderful. It. It's awesome. <laughs> Um, so then what, what brought you in, into this industry and, and to work for yourself? Well, it's, it's kind of an interesting story. And I have to say that with this whole COVID lockdown thing that we've had recently and with homeschooling, it's kind of almost like a bit of deja vu. What happened a few years ago, my son was really struggling with anxiety at school and I, um, made the decision to take him out of school for a couple of years and e-school him from home. And in doing that, it meant that I couldn't work my project jobs um, in the Department of Health anymore because they required I actually be in a physical office. And I couldn't survive on um, the few hours I did for the productivity consultancy a week. So I just basically went, okay, I need a source of income that I can do from home. Um, I'd always been really good at tech, like every job I worked in from the political office right through until pretty much everywhere. I worked in the department of health. I was the tech troubleshooter. Like if a printer wasn't working or someone didn't know how to do something, it was always, you ask Mick, Mick will fix it for you. 
people had even bring in their laptops from home so I could help them do things and set things up for them. So um, I've always sort of done that sort of thing. But basically when I decided, okay, I need to start a business, I thought I'd start off as a virtual assistant, um, you know, because it's admin and uh, that just comes really easily for me. And I joined a business school. It was called Business School for Mums back then. Now it's called The Elevatory. Uh, because basically I knew nothing about business and I knew that I knew nothing about business and I knew that I had to do something and I had to make it work. So I wanted a good, strong foundation. Um, I'd kind of been running Inspired Office for a few years just as a hobby, doing the bits from home that my colleagues wanted me to do. Um, mm. But, yeah, I thought I've got to do this right. So I joined the course and I went through with a cohort of women and one of the first things that I discovered straight up was we were learning a lot of, um, I suppose, theory and practical stuff in that you'd learn how to um, manage your finances and how to write, uh, for example, an email automation. But everyone was then falling down and struggling with the tech side of it. It's like, okay, I know how to do a funnel. I've got all the emails written up. I've, I know the distance between them and all that sort of thing, but how do I actually put it into a platform? Like, how do I make that work? And me being the tech geek that I am was like, Oh, I can do that. So basically I'd learn how to practically apply something that we'd learn in the course. I'd teach mm. myself how to use the tech to do it. And then I'd offer that as a service. Um, and so that's really how Inspired Office took off. And then later on, I just had more, like I joined masterminds and things and I'd have women coming to me then because, you know, I'm always offering tech advice and that sort of thing um, in the forums and groups that I'm in. And they'd go, oh, can you do this? And I'd be like, yep, I can work that out in two seconds. And then, oh, can you do this? And so it kind of grew and I left the VA thing behind very early on. Um, and then, yeah, the more I worked with women who were in the more, the mastermind space instead of the startup space, I just learned the skills and, um, the marketing and, you know, all the knowledge behind the scenes of how it should all work and come together. Um, and yeah, I just sort of grew that knowledge and grew those skills and repackaged it up and offered it as services to my clients. That's, that's just, it's fantastic. I, I absolutely love that. And, and I was one of those, help me, women. <laughs> <laughs> I can't do the thing. It's too hard and I don't <laughs> want to learn it because I still won't understand any of the tech stuff. So please. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So, so many <laughs> women are like that because it's true. I mean, you know, like you are an amazing copywriter. I know this because you've done my copy for mm. websites and email files, all sorts of things. Um, but that's, you know, that's what you do well. And if you were trying to teach yourself how to mm. do all this other stuff, like it's a waste of your time. It's not Absolutely. what you're good at. It's not what you want to do. It's not what you need to do. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah. And I, I did just, try. You did try. <laughs> yeah. I, I did try, let, let me tell you. And, it, it, yeah, it if we're going into like productivity, then my productivity for it just plummeted. 
because I hated trying to do it. I was trying to do it. I went around in circles and until I figured out why am I trying to do something like this? It's not where my talents lie. It's not what I can do. Let's outsource this. What am I doing? Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that, you know? No. Well, it's like I did with you recently. You know, I wrote up the copy for my, um, for an email funnel for my strengths coaching and it killed me. Like that was four hours, which is way more than it should have taken. Actually, it was probably longer than four hours because I spent quite a lot of time procrastinating because I just didn't want to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, that was that was hard and it was horrible and there's so many other things I could have been doing instead, whereas then at the end I finally went, oh, my gosh, I'm just handing this off to Gemma. And now it's like that's what I'll do right from the start because, you know, it's not my strength. It's not what I do for business. Um, it's not what I need to do. So, yeah. Absolutely. Um, what well, we've heard all about your past working life and, and your business passions and, and everything. So why don't you tell us a bit more about, about you and your interests? About me? Well, I live in Tasmania. Um, I'm just, I'm in Kingston, which is 10 minutes south of Hobart. And I actually grew up in regional New South Wales, but I hated the heat. I do not do well in the heat. So that's what prompted my move to Tasmania. Um, and it's damn cold here, so that suits me just fine. I'm not disappointed in that respect. Um, but, yeah, I, I, well, as you kind of get from my work history, I've had a bit of a colourful life. I spent many years growing up um, dancing and singing and doing drama and um, performing in musical theatre and since moving to Tasmania, like I love the outdoor life. I love the beach. I love camping, um, hiking in the mountains. You know, I can see Mount Wellington out my window and most days it's got snow on it at the moment. It doesn't, Um, (laughs) but not that long ago it did. Um, And yeah, I just, I love musical theatre. I love reading. That's a really big passion of mine. Like I think, before we went into lockdown for COVID, I got about 30 books from the library and I got through them like in the first few weeks. So I've been on Kindle Unlimited for like the past few weeks until the library's <laughs> opened back up again. But um, yeah, so that that's basically me. Oh, that's, that's wonderful. I, I dare say I do miss libraries being open as well so I mean I love my Kindle I've got one of the original ones which you know it's not backlit so it's kind of like a book but I love actually holding a book flipping the pages yeah nothing ever that's right (laughs) well well, wonderful and that was quite the introduction of of the fabulous you um so uh, let's get into uh today's uh, podcast on this wonderful Friday afternoon um, and it is today all about automation from the automation queen of yes. course um, and, and email marketing um, which is uh, I guess a, a passion of, of both of ours. Yep. <laughs> um, let, let's begin first then with what what is automation because for, for me it, it does sound like a, a very scary word. Yes. Just putting it out there. 
<laughs> no, that that's it. It is um, a lot of people <laughs> struggle with that. Um, well, automation is basically taking the you out of small and repetitive manual tasks in your business. So, um, and one of the things that a lot of people think about automation, which is a bit of a misconception, is that it makes things impersonal, um, like, you know, automating emails and that sort of thing. But I am, I'm against um, being impersonal in business. I don't like it. Um, I, I think you really need to connect with people. Like that's what I do when I meet with the client for the first time. It's live. It's via a phone call or a Zoom session because I want to get to know the person and know if we're a good fit. And <clears throat> excuse me, we often like you know have a good laugh and that sort of thing. Um, so I'm really aware of being mindful with what you automate and how you automate it. So there's some things that you can do that are instant, like, um, for example, I have some Zap set up and Zapier is a program that you can use to automate tasks where when someone, when a client signs a contract with me, so they become a client, Zapier then zaps them into my email marketing program so I can send them client newsletters. And it also, when someone fills out a lead capture form on my website, Zapier adds them as a contact to my Google contacts. So I have them in my phone. So when I make that phone call, I don't have to go looking for their phone number. It's already there. So it can do things like that to make your life easier. You know, I don't need to manually add them to my newsletter list. So I don't, I automate that. I don't need to manually add their number to my phone. So I don't, I automate that. So there's lots of little tricky things you can do like that. But on another level, um, automation can also mean things like just having tasks um, set up for yourself. So I, I work with a few um, consultants and coaches and the way I set up automation for them is when they meet a new lead, uh, they enter the leads details into their CRM and they add a workflow or a track or whatever it's called in the CRM. So that creates tasks that then prompts them to do the things that they need to do. So if they need to then send an email with some more information or a follow-up phone call or log them in some kind of system, um, then these tasks are automatically created for them. So basically the way that automates it is they don't have to try and remember to do these things. They're there on an electronic to-do list for them. All they need to do is tick them off. So again, it's freeing up their brain space to be able to be more creative and to serve their clients rather than going, oh, I must remember to make a note to phone John at two o'clock next Tuesday. So you can use automation in that way. It's just basically making life simpler and easier for you. Um, and, you know, having, say, email templates that you can use that you can basically click a button and the email is populated, but then you go through and you personalise it. So instead of writing the whole email from start to finish and spending, say, 10 minutes on it, you just spend two minutes just sort of editing and that sort of thing um, to have mm -hmm. it ready to send. So, yeah, in basically in a nutshell, it's 
giving you back more time and space to be able to do what you do best in your business. Well, that that's actually that's amazing. The it's version. Cool. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not scary at all. It's actually fabulous. Yeah. <laughs> that was a wonderful, um, yeah, um, definition of it actually. So thank you very much for that. Very um, so I, I guess my next question is how does, how then does automation tie in with email marketing? Email marketing is the most overlooked of all the business automations. Like I see all the time people commenting, going, oh, email marketing is dead and, you know, don't waste your time on it, building your email list. And we actually had a discussion in our, I think it was our COVID episode of the podcast with Rowena about, you know, the importance of having an email list so you can communicate to your clients about what's going on and what's happening. And, um, yeah, like email marketing is just so important because it allows leads to basically go from a cold lead to a warm lead or even a converted lead without you doing anything. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's just, it's magic in some respects. It can drive a sale without you having to lift a finger. Once it's all set up and working, provided it's done well, um, cause you know, of course that's the thing with marketing. It's like, you've got to do it well and you've got to test and tweak and it's mm-hmm. like a living thing rather than just a set and forget. But yeah, it's, it's just a way of growing your business and nurturing your leads and taking care of your clients. Um, and once like when you take it from a lead to a client or a customer, there's then email automations that, um, work in a customer retention phase. So it's bringing your customers back and just keeping the communication and the relationship going, which generally you wouldn't have time to do if you were doing all the manual steps, if you were manually sending all the emails and and doing all that sort of thing. So it really, it allows you to uplevel your business and to reach more people. Absolutely. So so let's delve in a a little bit more there then of, of, of why, um, why it really is so, so important for business. Okay. Well, as I mentioned, it builds connections. So, Mm -hmm. It really lets you connect with your potential customers or your current customers and also your past customers and clients. Um, And it's a personal way of doing it. Like when you post on social media, people can just scroll past, you know, they might see what you've posted. They might like it. They might comment, but generally they can just scroll, you know, whereas an email landing in your inbox is something that if someone's actually interested in what you've got to say and you've built started to build that no like and trust factor with them they'll open it and they'll take in what you've said for example i personally i only have a very small email list i am working on growing it but it's highly engaged like i have phenomenal open rates and um, when I send out a newsletter I recently um, or early on in the COVID thing I did what was called a COVID consult so I just offered all of my existing clients a 15-minute chat just to provide advice or bounce ideas around for ways that they could pivot you know in the climate of everyone going into isolation and that sort of thing I had so many people comment on that and take me up on it and 
because I had this engaged list of people that know, like, and trust me. And out of that, like, I ended up with more projects as well. Like, the idea was sort of me to give advice, but it actually ended up generating more work, which, you know, helped me get through um, some of the quieter times. So that was really great. Wonderful. Email, I mean, email marketing, it's cost effective. Like, it really, the marketing platform I use at the moment, it doesn't cost me a cent. It's free. Amazing. Yeah. And (laughs) you can... It's a way of communicating directly with your audience, um, mm-hmm. telling them what you've got on offer, what you're doing, giving them ways that you can help them. And it's also another way of educating mm-hmm. your clients about what you do and what you can do. And, you know, you can send out information on your blog posts, all of that sort of thing. So it's, it's really just a way of keeping the communication alive. From um, that, that's amazing, and I agree with with absolutely all of those because I'm all over email marketing as well, marketing. Um, but what one thing I I I find is really important from the copy side of it because of of course that's a big side of it, right? Because it's very weird. much so. Um, it's it, copywriting is you know words to to sell and and to initiate an, an action. Um, and emails are really, really action orientated because we're, we're almost conditioned um, to do something with an email. Mm. You know, if someone lands in, in your inbox, like, oh, I need to open or I need to forward or I need to reply or I need to click on something. So it, yeah. it already sort of has that action in there, which is what I, I think really helps with getting um, better response rates. Yeah. That's a really good point. I hadn't thought of it like that, but yeah, that's in the whole productivity thing. Don't know why I didn't think of that. That is exactly what you say. You know, you look at an email in your inbox and the question is, what do I do with it? So mm-hmm. yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, absolutely. And and it, it, it is there, of course, it's another platform for you to offer education, to offer advice, to offer help. And, and that's building you know, your business, your brand as, as you being an, an authority because, oh, I'm, I'm Mick sent me this email again. The, the last one I read was, was just so helpful. I'm, I'm going to read this one again. And with that constant, um, you know, value there, it, it really, really does help to, um, you know, create new clients, new customers, get old ones to come back again, um, get someone forwarding the email and it's, yeah, it's just a fabulous form of, of marketing and, and it probably is one of the most cost-effective because it doesn't cost anything. So. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. it. All it costs is the time to write the email. Well, absolutely. Um, well, I guess we can, we, we can keep talking about why it's so important because yes. we love it. <laughs> um, and it is. But it, 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 so tell us, how, how does email marketing, how does it work? Well, The best way to get started in email marketing, in my opinion, is to start with a simple list and to put in some um, strategies to grow it. So one of the most common ways of growing your funnel is to have a lead magnet. And a lead magnet is a free offering. It's something that you offer in exchange for an email address. So it could be a checklist or it could be a video or it could be um, a mini challenge. There's so many different options that you could do. 
But basically, you offer a lead magnet and someone signs up, gives you their email address in exchange for the lead magnet. Once they've received the lead magnet, you then put them through a nurture sequence. So this nurture sequence is where you tell them a bit about yourself. Um, you tell them a bit about your business, how you can help them. You provide them with more value. So you give away other little bits and pieces that can provide them with a quick win. So it um, gives them an opportunity to test and to see that you actually know what you're talking about um, and that you can provide practical help for them. Um, and then ideally what you do is you work towards a core offer, which is the thing that you really want the people to buy. And to get people to your core offer, you use what's called a tripwire. And a tripwire is generally a lower priced service or it could be um, a discount offer service or something like that. And basically it's to get people to buy from you or to engage your services for the first time. So it's something that is high value, lower cost, um, and it just it's really starts the client engagement part mm -hmm. of the relationship. Um, so that's where I often see people starting and it's where I start a lot of my clients with email marketing. And then there's a lot that you can do after that. But this is where I want to jump back to you for a second, Gemma. So in order to be able to work out your lead magnet and to work out the best nurture sequence and tripwire, you've really got to know your client. So <laughs> this comes back to <laughs> client avatars. <laughs> so can you, because this is something that is really your jam, can you tell us a <laughs> bit more about what, what a client avatar is and what it is important to know about your clients in order to, you know, create the lead magnet and the sales funnel that's going to work effectively? Mm -hmm. yeah, absolutely. Um, yes, it is my jam. Um, a, a client avatar is, so you've, you've done all of your target audience research, you, you've gathered all of the information, you've, you've delved deeply into the psychographics, you've, you've delved even deeper into, um, you know, what they, what they like, how they like being spoken to, all, all, of, all of the important communicational tone stuff, I guess. Um, and, and so then you, you come down to breaking it into two people. It can be one, but two options is, is always better. So a specific avatar is someone who is exactly in your target audience. So you name him or her um, and, and you give him or her really, really um, specific details, where they live, what they watch on TV, what media they consume, um, how much they make at work, what they do on the weekend, everything like that. So you actually deeply, deeply understand um, that specific person within your target audience. And if you know that person so intimately, you're, you're going to know exactly how to nurture them um, through your, your marketing email sequences. You're going to know how to speak to them, what information they're interested in and, and how they're going to take an action that you want them to take. Yeah, and also what they're struggling with what their pain points are yes. and yeah of course yes i yeah. 
just completely wasn't even in in my head there. <laughs> I, I guess that again, I'll just touch on this shortly because this really could just take me to another planet or dimension. But if we're delving really deeply there into um, consumer behaviour yeah. and consumer purchasing decisions. It, it, people are purchasing something because they have a problem. Yeah. Right. And they, they need to solve that problem and they're going to solve it by purchasing something, whether it's a product or service. Um, so if, if you're touching on those um, problems and you're offering the solution to that problem and you're, you're putting it right there in, in their inbox, they, they don't even need to do any more um searching or research mm. it's, it's right there for them if you're offering them that that solution and of course if you know your avatar deeply then you know um what problems they they are facing what what pain they're having everything like that so that's how you then go in there and, and offer them that that solution and email marketing makes that so so personal yeah i'm gonna stop there <laughs> <laughs> Otherwise, we could be talking for the next hour and a half. <laughs> we can go forever because I, I, I love consumer behaviour. <laughs> <sighs> That's why I let you do that stuff. <laughs> oh, goodness. Thank, thank you. Um, but what, so what, what, other, what components then do, um, do we need um, to grow your list? So we're, we're, we've covered how it works, why it's important, um uh, what do you need to grow it a apart from knowing your avatar yep. of course what yep. are, what other components do you need to to grow your list to grow your list like it's really all about having the lead magnets having the way to get the word out there then about your lead magnet like a lead magnet could be i mean i have several at the moment um and I can do that because I'm, I'm tech savvy. So I'll write a blog post and go, oh, a checklist would go really well with that. So I can throw together a checklist in Canva and quickly set up an email funnel to go with that. Um, and then I promote the blog post and I promote the lead magnet through my social media and also through my newsletters to get people to engage and to sign up for it. So it's really, like we said, knowing what the problem is that our clients have. And generally a really good place to start with is one. You want to find the one thing that is related to your core offer, the main thing that you want people to buy from you or service that you want people to buy from you. But then as you move into other areas and your business grows, that's when you can start offering different things. For example, um, I was talking earlier about my strengths coaching funnel that I've put together. So because that's separate from my tech and automation side of the business, that has its own lead magnet and its own separate nurture funnel and its own separate tripwire. So yeah, you can develop these things as you go, as long as you start with your first funnel. But the most important thing, I think, is what you then do with your subscribers once you've got them on your email list. Because you can't mm -hmm. get people onto your email list and then ignore them for six months. You need to keep <laughs> in regular contact with your subscribers. So I do monthly newsletters. I'd love to do them more regularly, but I don't have time. 
like I've got other areas of my business that I need to put my time in. So when I do send out a newsletter, it's very well thought out and I collect information that I've shared on social media and things that I've learned in the past month and things that I've done in the past month. And I share all of those things in my newsletter. So it's generally got um, a blog post that I've written and a podcast I've listened to or a work wife one time podcast if we've done something that's really relevant to my audience um, and sometimes a book that I've read. So I just, I share information that I found interesting and that is relevant Mm. to what I do. So it's relevant to the reason people subscribe to my list, basically. There's that side of it. So there's getting people onto your list. There's looking after them once they're on your list But then there's also another side of things which particularly is important for product-based businesses, but it can also be used really well for service-based businesses as well, which, as I mentioned before, is the retention side of things. So uh, with a product-based business, for example, when someone buys a product, you then want to send them a thank you email, you know, thank you for purchasing this product, tell them a bit more about the product and do another follow-up email asking for a testimonial, do another follow-up email um, saying, oh, you've bought this, here's a product that goes really well with that. Like keeping Mm. in touch, keeping, uh, continuing to nurture the relationship and offer um, more solutions to their problems, basically. An abandoned cart email sequences is another option, providing a discount for people that abandon their cart or just a reminder, you know, constantly nurturing the customer or the client and paying them attention, helping to solve their needs. And it it really, like, the most important thing is offering them value. Like, you can't Mm -hmm. just keep hassling them with the sale, you know, with an abandoned cart, for example. Oh, you missed this. Come back and buy. Come back and buy. Come back and buy. It's like you've got to actually offer people things for free, like have – Offer them content that's valuable that they'll get something out of because it's got to be a two-way street. It can't just be you constantly asking and them giving. You've got to give Mm. before you can ask. Absolutely. Um, And that's that's great that you um, touched on email marketing for product-based businesses as as well as you you and I are in service-based businesses, um, but it, email marketing works just brilliantly for um, both both um, product and service. Yeah, so well, I, I actually have quite a lot of product-based um, clients, product-based business clients mm. um, that I do the email marketing work for and, like, some of them have just done brilliantly. I've got a few clients, um, one who she sells things for parties for home like you know cups and plates and balloon garlands and that sort of thing and she does it brilliantly like her lead magnets are wonderful she's got really well thought out nurture sequences she's got all her abandoned carts set up her post sales emails her retention um and she does really well from that um and i often find that when i get a new client and we set up the email sequences Often a lot of them have already got the list, but they haven't been nurturing them. And um, a quick win, a quick trick that you can do if you're a product-based business, is send out an email to everyone that's been on your list but you haven't heard from for 
six months or so with a discount offer. I did that for one client and overnight she had like six sales from, you know, essentially cold subscribers on her list. So, you know, everyone loves a good discount. We, we all love a quick win, right? We do. That's it. It's the quick win. <laughs> um, oh, this, this has been fantastic. So can you leave us with, with a, a final thought or, or, or a, a key takeaway or, or something that is a little gem from, from you? I guess my final thought is email marketing is definitely not dead. Mm-hmm. It is really important. Um, one of the other things I didn't mention earlier was you, it doesn't matter if you've got a thousand subscribers to your Facebook page or your Instagram page, that can be shut down in a second. And I've actually had clients who've had Facebook shut down their business page for no reason and they've lost it. It's never been reopened. But your subscribers on your email marketing list, provided you have followed all the rules and done everything above board, you own them. They're yours no matter what. Like you can't lose them. They can unsubscribe, yes, but you actually own those email addresses and so you therefore own that way of communicating with your clients. So social media is great. Having followers and likers is wonderful, but they can be taken away from you in a second, whereas the email marketing it's yours and it's essentially yours to keep. So you need to nurture it, build it and take care of it. <laughs> uh, amazing. I, I think that's a very, very, very important um, thing to remember. So that that's great. Thanks for that little gem there. Um, and, and finally, do, do you have anything uh, available for our, our listeners out there that would help them in, in any way? I do. I actually have a downloadable, which is a brief guide to email marketing. So it explains a bit more about what we talked about with the lead magnet and what and tripwire and all that and what those things are. And it also has a little exercise that you'll like, Jim, uh, which is about identifying your customer avatar. So it just kind of gives you a bit of a prompt and a bit of a start into thinking about those sorts of things. So if you'd like to download a copy of that, you can go to our website, www.workwifewinetime.com.au forward slash email marketing. And that will send you to my landing page where you can get your hands on a copy. Wonderful. Um, That's amazing. I'm sure everyone will be heading there very, very shortly, Um, which brings us to uh, a wrap up of the end of our episode for this week. Um, As always, it's just amazing to hear from you um and all of your your world of knowledge so thank you and thank you it's been really great having your input on this topic as well because it's something that we both get a bit geekily excited about yeah we we do it's yeah (laughs) (laughs) thanks for having me geek in with you that was (laughs) oh my pleasure Um, And as always, um, all of the other kick-ass women, fellow workwives, fellow female entrepreneurs, business women, remember you're not alone because collaboration is power. Thanks for tuning into our podcast. If you enjoyed it, hit subscribe. If you'd like to learn more, then check out our website, www.workwifewinetime.com.au. While you're there, jump on our mailing list to receive special updates and offers from our guests. Until next time, take care and drink responsibly.